Blog Talk Radio. You uh, you all are doing well. How the hell are you, Craig Moore? Yeah, buddy. I didn't know you were talking to me. No, you threw it to me. I thought you were just saying, "How the hell are you?" You know what? We're above well, ground. I, it's a I, good I, day. Normally, normally I start the show with "How the hell are you?" Uh, but uh, I've been. Uh, <laughs> thrown off my game just a little bit. I'm going to get it back in gear though, as we get ready for a uh, for a hey, for a, a great night talking about racing. And and you take uh, that right out of the Tony, uh, Tony Montana. Every day of every day above ground is a good day. Uh, basically, yeah, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There, there's Tony no Montana. reason to complain if if you're above ground. So. Tony Montana, I salute The world you. is yours. The world is your oyster. Now eat it. Scarface. I don't know if it... Well, we're waiting I don't know if that... Taylor to get here. Because, um, man, oh, man, we got we got a lot to talk about in uh, a short time to get there. So, Craig, I believe we have a special guest that comes on tonight. I guess I'll give you time to uh, uh, cover that real quick. We yeah, the, uh, uh, Brady is one of the promoters or the promotions director for Glen Ridge Motorsports Park up near Taz. He's going to come on and talk about their season so far. They're just about done for the year. We reached out to him earlier in the season before the season even started, and uh, they weren't able to, nobody was able to join us. So, we're going to have them on tonight. They're going to talk about what's going on for the rest of the season and the outlooks for 2023 uh, as they just signed on for uh, promoters as well at the track. So looking forward to that coming up at the top of the hour. That's at 9 o'clock. And then in two weeks, uh, or the end of the month, I should say, uh, whatever date that is, the 30th, I believe it is, we're going to have Seth Chris. yes, the 30th. Seth Christensen is going to be joining us. He is a 14-year-old wheelman. I believe he is from uh, the Georgia area. He's going to be joining us to talk about his race season and uh, his aspirations as he races an asphalt truck. So we've got a couple of good interviews coming up for you. 
before we dig into the chase, because once the playoffs start, the only thing we'll be doing is roundtable discussions and uh, crying and spilled milk. But listen, who I don't know who had Noah Gregson on Saturday. No, that was me. Who had Ty Gibbs this weekend? Was that uh, that was CJ? CJ and Miss Lee. So I believe they picked up the victory this weekend in our little uh, in our little roundtable. Uh, yeah, betting, I, I think I, I still I lead the point. Out. I got kicked out in in about the first twenty laps. I, I be damn. I, I should uh, change my uh, pick to who who's gonna wreck first because uh, I didn't have a fight. And Kyle Busch had one of the faster cars, but unfortunately, uh, it was it was very early when I found out that uh, we weren't gonna be winning. Now I seen Josh Berry battle back, and uh, so my my Xfinity pick was pretty good. But I mean, you know, it's frustrating through the middle of that race as well. But uh, yeah, so some lucky hitters this week. Uh, Man, I, I just I thought I was going to be able to reel it somebody in here, but I feel like I'm. You know, after I seen right qualifying, I thought I was going to have to change my pick. I yeah. thought I was going to have to change my pick to the black man. I mean, the the crier. I mean, Bubba Wallace, because that boy was yeah. out all weekend. And I thought, yeah, well, he, I well mean, I'll be damned. He's going to get him. He's going to pick himself up a win. So I'm glad to see that uh, that that 23 car is. Is uh, is doing well in the last five or six races. So, <laughs> is it that he's doing well? Is it that Bubba himself is doing well, or is it uh, Joe Gibbs panicking, knowing that he's got to get his last his last place cars uh, a little bit of rele- rev- relevance before the uh, you know before the postseason? I mean, he's got every one of his other drivers uh, in in the chase so i mean we've heard so many times before in the middle of a chase and dumping resources into the teams that are in for a championship well kind of don't you think that's how they're playing the ball game to get them in the championship they're giving all the resources uh to these two cars because these two cars are the two toyotas uh that are not in the chase so i mean you know it's just mighty strange christopher bell and bubba wallace over since they're miraculous rear tire changer uh uh switch <laughs> all of a sudden they're top contenders like they're they're, they're the top teams in uh what, what's going to be interesting craig morris if they do make it to the chase how quickly they'll fizzle because uh yeah you know I, I just don't think uh joe gibbs has enough resources to give everybody all the best parts if that was the case uh we would have seen that years ago uh, in, in racing, and I, you know, I, I guess it's always a chance that we get all four Hendrick cars uh, in the uh, in the final four, and, and I'm sure Mr. Rick Hendrick won't stop until he does. But uh, um, you, you know, it, it's hard to keep seven or eight cars competitive all up at the top of the level, especially when you're in the upper salons of racing in NASCAR. You know, I mean, uh, Bubba Wallace is probably a top 16 driver. Is he anything above that? He hasn't shown us that, at least not up until yeah. now. He needs to get back on his meds or whatever he's supposed to be on because this crying stuff he's doing. I mean, granted, for this week it was – it was uh, you could tell that he was disappointed. But, you yeah, know, hey. yeah, I mean, he got the pole. He was living on a high. You know, he finished second or third, what, third. Um, you know, Kyle Larson won the race for Kevin Harvick. That shove there at the end that pushed Kevin Harvick. Yep. You know, 
I mean, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about Bubba Wallace's uh, newfound success here in just a little bit in the uh, hot topics, Craig Moore. I really want to stay on the topic of what we've seen at, at the racetrack. And, and, you know, of course, you, you, you segued right into that, of course, Bubba's post-race uh, fiasco, cry, 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 baby, cry. Um, you know, I'm not sure that that's probably, you know, I, I just, I don't understand the PR side behind that. You, you want to be tough. You want to, you want to be like, okay, I want to, I want to win. And that's what it, I'm not, I'm not going to be satisfied till then. But man, I mean, you know, um, Bubba's made a career out of running around as a mid-pack car or a little less than a mid-pack car. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's frustrating to see not see the excitement uh, that that team should have when they do well. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, they should be – They and we're going to talk about this later, but they should be patting themselves on the back and yeah. thanking – Well, like – And thanking Mr. Gibbs. Like, like we said, though, you know, it's uh, it's it's kind of uh, mysterious how all of a sudden this car and Christopher Bell's car has got the juice. But, uh, you know, there was, there was a pretty terrific wreck – um, I, I guess to start things off is what in the hell was Rick Ware has stayed the hell out of trouble all year long near about. They've been more competitive this year than I think Rick Ware Racing has ever been competitive. I'm not sure if you watched the race or not, but uh, that, that call strategy uh, for J.J. Yaley to stay out and uh, obviously be in the slower car older tires, uh, that wreck was completely un. Uh, uh, it was avoidable. Like there's no reason at all why that early in the race, uh, Yaley and that team should be taking that that kind of chance for track position. Um, I know that well, they were felt like they were semi-competitive for this race, but you know, it, it's they they wadded up a, quite a few good race cars, including their own. Yeah. Well. I don't understand why they do what they do. What it was too early, like you said, it was too early in the race. I'm going to rewatch the clip here while we're talking about it. But uh, you know, stay off for pitch strategy. For what? He's not going to gain anything by it. What's he gaining by it? Absolutely nothing. It's not going to push him up into points very much. So, you know. Things like that just don't make sense. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it up so that I can watch it as well while we're talking. So go ahead, Chris. Uh, let's uh let's see if we can get Miss Lee Reed, Miss Lee, on here tonight. Lee, if you're uh, if you're hearing me, I'm typing your name right now. Come on, come on and uh, join us so we can have uh have the the discussion table like like we are generally as we wait on tasks to get here. Uh, it's so much better. It's when you plan for three people to be on the show. It's it's just I think this is uh, um, bringing Miss Lee on will uh, will help us out tremendously if she's able to come on. Let's see what she says real quick. But um, you know, give me a minute. Okay, great. So we'll get back to the discussion. Um, the the Rick Ware incident was, as I said, completely avoidable. Craig Moore. Um, it. Uh, it's too early for that kind of track position, um, and and that vicious hit that Austin Cindric took, my gosh! I mean, here we are. We were at Pocono, and, and Kurt Busch backed it into the wall. He's out with a head concussion, 
this young rookie hit that wall like Dale Earnhardt, man. I mean, that was a vicious, vicious wreck. And uh, it's going to bring up a a topic later on here tonight, uh, the cost of cautions. I believe is uh, one of our hot topics that we're going to discuss here. And obviously, uh, when you're having when, when you're having incidents like that, it's uh, it's costing these car owners outrageous amounts of money uh, to see cars wadded up like that, uh, uh, Craig Moore. Oh, absolutely. And these cars, you know, they they only got I think it was what what three per team. So, you know, I don't know how long it takes them to get parts back. I'm sure not as long as it takes to get parts, uh, you know, generally. But they're 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 wrecking these cars now, like they've got a endless supply of them back at the shop, and we all know that they don't. So yeah, taking I don't chances. Know, I don't is, know if you could say they're wrecking them or they their their competition. I, I mean, I don't know who is to blame here for all these wrecks because. Craig, I didn't get to do the math or whatever. I don't even know where to find it, but I, I know that cautions are like way up this year uh, versus the last few years. And uh, you know, I mean, um, other than the stage cautions, we we had gotten so used to vanilla racing where no parts broke and one or two spins or something in a race, hardly any collateral damage. Man, it's like every racetrack we go to now. We are <laughs> – we're tearing some ish up. <laughs> yeah, we are. In the first 12 races, there was – in the first 12 races, there was 110 cautions. Um, and it's funny we bring this up. You brought this up, Chris, because I'm looking at an article from, um, that's on J-Ski, and this was back in June. So almost two months to the day, uh, the Cup Series, as of June, had seen a 72.7% increase in the number of cautions for accidents has been in this race season compared to last year to the first 15 events. Uh, There have been so many cautions this year that six races, 40%, saw the winner not need to make the green flag pit stop. That includes the Coke 600, which had 18 cautions, 14 for accidents and spins after having four cautions one for an incident last year. Gislowski said it's better to have more practice. That's the uh, that was the uh, practice was reduced at a cost saving measure for teams. Obviously, we know that. Uh, so cautions are up as of June tenth, seventy two point seven percent. Seventy two percent. Seventy two percent. I mean, that should be stat of the day. Stat of the day. I mean, Jesus. Miss Lee, seventy-two percent. Would you have believed that cautions are up seventy-two percent? It's as inflated as gas prices right now. Yeah, oh. it is. That's crazy. But you know the 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 flip side of that is okay. So yeah, there's been more cautions, and maybe it doesn't seem that way, but the cautions are the wrecks are involving more cars wrecking more cars to the point where they're not finishing races. And and even with all the safety innovations, we're still seeing people getting hurt. Right. That's exactly. And that's exactly yeah, that, it. 
And this car, this new car was supposed to save people from getting hurt. And it doesn't appear to be doing its job in and, you know. Well, that, and it was supposed to save teams money. But right. when you've got to replace an entire vehicle because of the extent of the damage, where's the money saving in it, too? Yeah, I mean, that, 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 these... Uh, what what is it? Quotas? Uh, not quotas. Uh, continue as it had in the vanilla style era, where there was no parts breaks, and like I said, the cars were they drove like Cadillacs. These cars don't drive like Cadillacs, and these drivers no, don't. don't have the, these drivers don't have the experience behind this type of steering wheel, where they are they're they're all unfamiliar with it. If if the proof ain't in the pudding. Look at Ty Gibbs. I know we've seen rookies come along and put together a good string of finishes. It's not anything new. But, look, I mean, he, he's got that much less time to have to catch the competition uh, because uh, because they're all learning just like he is. Right, and he, doesn't, and he doesn't have the disadvantage of the old way that all the experienced drivers have. Right, right. He's only got one way to learn. Right. So he's actually at an advantage. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't have to unlearn. Yes, exactly. Uh, yep. Yep. No, no, no I'm sure that... Call. Go ahead. I'm sure that number has... It may have leveled out by now. That was two months ago. I mean, it may have dropped, but, hell, it could have went up. I can't find anything um, that gives me a more updated a more updated um, percentage. 72%, so. 72% is out of, out of this world. It's unbelievably high. I, I know that the races have been more exciting, as I've, as I've stated earlier, and we'll, we'll get into that more. Uh, as we when we open the hot topics of cost of cautions, but uh, so Ty Gibbs has been a really hot topic. Of course, he gets the call once again. Is the story more of Kurt Busch missing three races, or has that been overshadowed by the early success that uh, I guess we we can say success uh, of Ty Gibbs in this Monster Energy number forty five twenty three eleven Toyota Camry? You mean well, JGR? Kurt- Go ahead, Ms. Lee. <laughs> Kurt's story's kind of been behind the scenes. I mean, we're not getting other than a weekly update as to whether or not he's going to race. We're not getting a whole lot of details about exactly what's going on with his condition. So, you know, yeah, I, you can say in one respect it, it, it has kind of been it has kind of been overshadowed by by Ty's successes. Um, but I'm just, you know, I don't know if that's Kurt's decision or, or what the, you know, that he just doesn't want people to know how bad it is. I don't know. Yeah. You'd think they'd be getting a more in-depth, um, discussion about it. Like you'd hear more about it. We heard a lot more about Junior's concussions. Right. Yeah. Which just makes me wonder a little and I think a lot of things are in play on on Kurt's uh, Kurt and Dale Jr. We we called this from basically week one, the moment we found out that he was going to be out. 
that this felt more like a Dale Jr. concussion than it did, uh, oh, I've got to just lay out because I, I didn't score too well on my test. Um, you know, right. and, and with all this that's been building up with Ty Gibbs, I know that we've gone across this grandson of a racer before. We heard of Dale Jr. three, four, five years before Dale Jr. made his way to full-time cup. Um, and and I'm using Dale Jr. because he practically he was the grandson of of Ralph Earnhardt. I know Dale was the mm-hmm. was the uh, he was the more famous one in the Richard Petty world. Of course, Adam Petty, the great, the, the grandson, right? We we knew three or four or five years ahead that this kid was coming. Uh, right. Even with the Dillon brothers, right? I mean, we knew three, four, five years. Well, Ty Gibbs, we just found out about him last year. Like we didn't even know who Ty Gibbs was before last year. And well, this onslaught of success. Unless you followed Arca, then you would have heard his name a lot sooner. The year before, Ms. Lee, uh, correct me on that. In three years, maybe, that we've yeah, been talking about much. Ty Gibbs? Right. Yeah. He made it to mainstream when all of a sudden he showed up in a part-time ride in the Xfinity Series last year. Um, the kid really did. I don't think he had very many truck starts, if any truck starts, right? He, he, he kind of just he bypassed the truck series. Uh, Pretty much, market. yeah. I he, he, he had a few... He had a few truck races when he was running ARCA full-time, but not you didn't hear a whole lot about that. Right. And in ARCA, we've seen, you know, basically if you're in the right ride and it's being backed by JGR, Toyota, TRD, um, those have been the strongest cars, Venturini and stuff. So it wasn't surprising so much that, that Ty Gibbs, I think, won four or five races that year in the ARCA series. I, I think mm. most of the attention that year was on Michael Self. Uh, in the right. uh, in yeah. the cars, um, you know, yep. it really wasn't. You know, it was okay. Betty. This kid's coming along, but now all of a sudden, three years later, we're talking about him filling the seat for Kyle Busch. He's in the seat. <laughs> okay, filling in for Kurt Busch and a possible candidate to replace Kyle Busch. Right. I, I think that's unprecedented. Yeah, it just seems it just seems uh, weird, as you guys were saying. Like I'd never heard of him, but I didn't follow Arca. Uh, I wasn't until I don't follow Arca, so it wasn't until last year in the Xfinity series that um, that I heard of him. And then he was like one to watch. And this year, he's been pretty much on everybody's radar as far as uh, who to pick weekly in the Xfinity series. I think we've all picked him at least three times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but are we going across the same bridge that we've – remember Sliced Bread? Sliced Bread, I, yeah. I know people kind of knew that he was coming along probably in you know, four years. I think time he – you know. But it took Joey Logano a little bit longer to develop as a successful NASCAR driver. Sure, he had limited success. He had him a couple of wins here and there. <laughs> Uh, was really, but he, really but he strong was also, in the Xfinity Nationwide Series. Uh, but but, but Logano, kind of a, Logano was also the redheaded stepchild at JGR. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at that time he was looked at as a privileged kid that got a ride. Mm-hmm. And, and somehow yeah. was given the name Slice Bread. Well, I think that it, it – in, in a way, that's way, the way we've always looked at these younger drivers that have been given – 
the keys to a successful ride very early. It's a, they haven't earned that spot yet. And Ty Gibbs will be in the position that he's in, not because he's shown some limited success and some pretty, pretty eyebrow-raising success in the Xfinity Series, but because his grandfather owns the race team. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see what Ty Gibbs could do in a, in a Rick Ware racing car. That would be interesting. And here's why I say that, and I know Chris is like, what? Because we all tout on how good this kid is, but he's in top-notch equipment. Put him in shit equipment exactly. and see what happens. Yeah. Are, are we talking about him then? Probably not. Except getting, he needs to be back in top-tier equipment. That's what we'd be saying. Yeah, he yeah. does have definitely had that advantage. And, and I mean, we've got to remember something here. Dale Earnhardt Jr. was a very successful race car driver. Did, was he ever going to live up to the hype or the expectation of being Dale's senior son? No. Kyle Petty was the, probably the least successful of, of, of marginal success. So you always have a marginal success. You've got guys who, like Jason Jarrett, the son of Dale Jarrett, we never really heard of him. He never really did anything. He, he has no, no bounds of success to base on. When you talk about Kyle Petty, he had marginal to limited success. He was he was quite popular in the nineties. He was uh, he was the driver of the Miller Yellow Car, uh, and that was right. that was something at the time where you know things went went uh, nationwide basically. Uh, so he was he was known, but we've seen these the grandchildren or children of racers that that are successful and. And Dale Jr. was pretty damn successful, and Kyle Petty was pretty damn successful, uh, considering. And uh, um, y- you've got uh, what's a, what's another one of the, the sons of the drivers that uh, the Dale so, boys. You know, Gibbs has been raised in a racing family. He may be gifted as as uh, you know as Richard Petty was to Lee Petty. We always talk about Richard Petty, but Lee Petty was the one that got to Petty's racing. So. Uh, you, you know, the success of these drivers a lot of times is because, man, they've made a thousand, uh, a th- they've had a thousand hours of seat time, 10,000 hours of seat time before they're age 15. Something that we right. didn't have in there in the earlier years. So he, Ty Gibbs is liable to have, he's, I don't know his, his career. I don't know where he comes from. I don't know how long he's been in a seat. But this kid's liable to have logged more laps in his younger years than Kevin Harvick has in his entire lifetime. Uh-huh. So we may yeah, be not I, yeah, I don't know what Ty did. Right, right, right. It, it, the, the book is still wide open on who Ty is. And you know what, you, you, Craig, he's going to have he's going to have the best of equipment because of who his grandfather is, and and, Ty, and Gibbs is a lot more successful at this point in time in in, in the structure of business than Richard Childress was when he brought Austin Dillon and Todd Dillon uh, up oh, to uh, yeah, and and I, like I said, Austin Dillon's had marginal success as well. He's the son of a racer, the grandson of a racer as well. Uh, I I don't know if you guys remember Mike Dillon, but uh, he was he was. Uh, he was a kind of a mid-pack runner. Uh, never really had much success, but uh, you know, Corey LaJoy, his father's Randy LaJoy. Uh, I think Corey LaJoy has uh, has the chance, the potential to be a, a good racer. So, you know, like I said, when yeah, these kids are out there logging laps, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, if Corey was in better equipment, we would uh, we would just know we would know just how good he is, right? Exactly. Right. Right. I think that's a lot. That has a lot to do with it. The amount of the good the type of equipment you're in, and the funding that your your owner is able to get helps you buy better equipment. Helps you buy better better tools, better crew, better you know everything is ten times better. Uh, that's why I said earlier, if you really want to see how good of a driver Ty Gibbs is, throw him in Rick Ware equipment. Right. And I then, couldn't agree more. You know, and then let's talk. Then he is a superstar. Right now, he's a superstar because he's in top-notch equipment to start with. Right. It's going to be exciting. Obviously, uh, we've got the Kyle Busch topic that's coming up here in just a few minutes as well. Um, there's a lot of strings at play. Uh, some dominoes are going to fall. Um, I think I mentioned something uh, that uh, has not really heard much feedback on it, but the marketing opportunity that Bush Beer would have if they were to sponsor Kyle Busch, if he were to wind up at a Stuart Haas, I think that marketing partnership – uh, could be unlike any other. Uh, it is it is up to Bush Beer to make that happen. And if I was Anheuser Busch, uh, knowing that this guy is searching for a sponsor and a ride and needs a little bit of money, look, it's not the first time Budweiser threw a hundred million dollars down on the table, and it shouldn't be the damn last time because this is this is one of our main top sponsors in, a, in an era where sponsors are shitting and getting basically. Um, you know, Budweiser needs to you know, lock in and say, Hey man, this is our sport. We love it. And, uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to put together a marketing package that is unprecedented and, and something that I think, uh, just imagine with him popping a bush can and boosh, you know, I mean, there's a champion, it's a match made in heaven. Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit more and I'll get you guys a thought, uh, here in just a little bit as we get ready to open the table. Uh, for our hot topic discussion, we're still waiting on Taz Taylor. Taz Taylor is not with us at this point in time. Uh, uh, he's busy being Mister Dad. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's he's going to be he's going to be joining us here in a little bit, hopefully. Uh, so hot topic: Kevin Harvick breaks the sweet sixteen. Um. Who wants to open the board with with topics based off of Kevin Harvick making his way into the Sweet 16? I'll let I'll let you, Craig. I'll let you bring some well, up to the table with that. I was pretty ballsy when I picked I picked the wrong driver that is yet to make a splash in 2022. Um, I will admit that I was kind of I was looking at three drivers when I was doing last week's picks. That was Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, and of course, my pick for this past week, which was uh, Brad Keselowski, I was hoping to see, you know, I was glad to see that Harvick was able to get it done. He was one of the three. Um, it, he finally was able to get, he was finally able to close the race. Do you realize it was almost two years since he won a race? Yeah. Yeah. 65 winless races. Yes. 65. And that that 
in and of itself is unprecedented for uh, Kevin Harvick. We got so used to winning that, having that man win and close up races that we almost, we actually stopped picking him here in our, uh, in our weekly uh, little game we got going on because well, he just wasn't him, getting it I done. I picked him in Pocono two weeks ago. So I, and, I, and I've been, you know, a big Kevin Harvick fan, Craig, not to cut you off or anything, but, but I did want to remind you that two weeks ago I did pick Kevin Harvick. So, um, yeah, I was, just, I was just a couple of weeks off, though. Yeah, you were a couple of weeks late. You know what normally happens if you're a couple of weeks late? Nine months later, you get a little arrival. Lord have mercy, Chad. You better, you better watch out. I've met, I, I, I have to, I have to, two boys that are ten and a half months apart. You tell me how that happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So no, I'm glad to see Harvick has has gotten through the gotten through the bubble and is going to be in the chase. I think that's great for SHR as a whole, um, and great for Harvick's confidence. Because let's be honest, guys, he's got about a year left, maybe two, and then he's going to focus on Piper and and uh, his son's racing careers, and probably take a backstage or a back office job at SHR. This is it, and he's going to hang it up. I think so. I think he's got one or two more years left in his racing career, and then he's going to focus on being dad. So congratulations to him. And Kev is in the queue. I was glad to see Kevin win. You know, that that winless streak, I'm telling you what, all of the pit road problems that they had and, and stupid stuff. It was good to see him win, but I'm going to tell you what, he's not going to make it to the final four. No. They've waited too long to get their shit together at the four team. Excuse me, this year they've waited too long to get their game together. And he might make it into the top 12, but that's all he's going to say. That's my prediction. He's not going to make it out of the top 12. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. And I'm excited well, for that you, talk in a couple of weeks. You you might be surprised. We've seen, uh, I think, with what uh, Kevin Harvick said, um, uh, that uh, if you doubted us, you don't know us. Um, I remember, remember some words from Tony Stewart uh, back in – that's what was it, 2014, about eight years ago, and uh, he had some similar remarks, uh, but they were they were a little bit more critical at this time, being that you know he really didn't feel like he deserved to be in the chase. But uh, I believe those guys over there at Stuart Haas Racing, first of all, they're champions. Uh, and Rodney Childers is a champion. Kevin Harvick's a champion. Most of that team is still together. Uh, that uh, that won that championship a few years ago. And Kevin Harvick just two years ago before this crazy drought, uh, led, you know, was tied in the in NASCAR with the, with the most wins. This was just two years ago. Um, do, I, do I see them in the Final Four? They're going to have to show me a little bit more. But 
over the last four to five weeks, we've seen a steadily uh, a progression of this four team. He was he was a fast hot rod at Pocono. Like I said, every time I pick a driver, they get wrecked. So that was another. I picked Kevin Harvick. He was a fast. Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, here he goes." You know, this could be the deal. And then he he winds up wrecked. So um, you know, I, I, I give Kevin Harvick a little bit more uh, a, a little bit more. Uh, uh, what is that? What, what's the word? Yeah, credit. Just a little bit more faith. I have a little bit more faith in him. Let's, let's just say that because we've seen Kevin Harvick. He is nicknamed the closer, and this win probably is going to make him real happy. So I believe we got Taz Taylor uh, ready to join us. Well. No, he is not called in. Okay, he said he was calling in. So we up oh, there. He is there. He is there. He is. All right. So so yeah, yeah give me in. And Miss Lee, you stay with us, okay? Uh, uh, we, we're talking about Kevin Harvick real quick, uh, giving our thoughts on uh, the Sweet Sixteen. Kevin Harvick made it in. Well, what's the what's the probabilities uh, of where they sit right now, and 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 what's going to happen once we get to the playoffs? There, Taz Taylor. Uh, he's he's made improvements as the season's gone along, but like Craig said, I don't see it. I think the furthest he'll he will go is going to be the round of twelve. Uh, I mean, I have to really look and see where he sits. Uh, obviously, where we where we are in the season, plus where he sits at the first three playoff tracks we go to, um, because I mean, we looked at the one year where I think it was Harvick and Hamlin getting like eight, nine wins apiece between the two of them. And I predicted Har- that year I predicted Harvick to be eliminated in the final eight when everyone had him circled as a championship favorite, and he was out ski. And so it comes down to hot streaks and hot streaks at the moment of time and how good are you at, the cer- at a certain track. So I, right now I kind of feel like Harvick, um, without really doing any further research, we'll get as far as round of 12, and that's as far as he's going to go. All right, all right, yep. Um, so we all kind of have a have a uh, inclination that uh, that he's probably not going to go very far in the chase. I think, but my my opinion is we're we're underestimating Kevin Harvick, and if if Ford and and if uh, the Fords can get their crap together. Uh, Kevin Harvick is a force. He's up there. He's just as uh, talented as Joey Logano, more talented than Ryan Blaney. He is the second or third best driver uh, in the Ford camp. Uh, I guess I guess who I would call the best driver in Ford camp would probably be Joey Logano. Um, but uh, definitely a, a different set of opinions as we get ready to roll into our second hot topic of the night. Um, next topic I've said. Oh, yeah. So the next topic is cost of caution. Um, Taz, do you want to start out with your opinion so, on the cost of caution? So the whole deal with the cautions is that we're thinking that this is costing teams money in, in a sense because the cars are starting to I guess where, in a way, they're really testing. They're really testing their abilities at this point. Now that we're twenty plus races into the season, 
And, and this is where cautions are starting to, you know, become a become more of a thing. And this is going to also come into play of finance finances of these cars for these race teams. And these teams, um, we're expecting this next-gen car, along with the NASCAR officials, that this car is supposed to help um, help with the funds and stuff like that. And this is kind of hurting teams in a sense. So now NASCAR has got to sit here and figure out what can we do to really make this cost-effective for these race teams and also run the full season without major issues. Well, that's just it. I mean, these cars are starting to cost now buku dollars because they're wadding them up every week. Um, I said it earlier tonight, Tez. I don't know if you were listening, but I'm pretty sure each team was given three cars. I don't know how long it, and I said it earlier, and I'll say it again, and I'll get your thoughts on it. I don't know how long it's taken to get parts back or new parts in that meet specs or get parts repaired. Uh, do you have any inclination on that? I don't know if it, there's a part shortage or what's going on. NASCAR doesn't really like to release some of those inner details. But, I mean, if they're given, say, three cars, so teams essentially have to take one say one car if they were to do this the normal way they get three cars and say all right teams will look at one car for short tracks primarily the other one's going to be set up for speedways primarily um and then super speedways uh primarily as well and then you can mix match with the road courses of what car you want to use or you can do the super speedway speedway mix up too as what some of the other teams did. So it's just, but I think we're starting to hit the where, and this is where NASCAR, I think NASCAR hit the, missed the mark of they didn't see how long can these cars go within a season without killing uh, these teams' pockets and the money, and the dollar signs. Good. Correct. So I did not hear you go to shorten the race season. We'll, we'll have to follow up on that thought here in just a second as we go to, I believe, Miss Lee. <clears throat> well, I think the bottom line is we know that nationwide there are shortages of car parts, fluids, electronic components, whatever. You can't tell me that NASCAR is not being affected by that. How much that's affecting pocketbooks, I'm not sure. But, you know, supposedly the standardization of everything was supposed to make things cheaper. I don't know if that is the case or not. I know that when ARCA went to Crate Motors and standard bodies, it was supposed to create a more even playing field for them. Um, from what I understand, in cost-wise, it has helped some. Um, it really hasn't helped even the playing field so much, but cost-wise, it did help them some. But they also didn't 
they went with the crate motors one year and the bodies the next year. So they didn't jump all in at once. Maybe that was part of the problem. Maybe they, maybe NASCAR should have standardized one thing this year and then standardized another the following year. I don't know. I just, you know, again, I fall back to um, looking at these cautions and and how they're not it, depending on the race, but but. For the most part, when there's a caution, when there's a wreck, it's taken out an awful lot of cars at once. And this has to be costing teams a lot of freaking money. Very good. Very, 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 very good. Because I'm going to say this. The cost of composite bodies has to be more expensive than re-folding re, uh, some sheet metal, right? Uh, typically, exactly. these cars were made out of sheet metal. Um, but we're not just seeing the, the difference in how these cars are, are wrecked and what the damages are looking like. But we have to pay attention, too, to what these what the wheels are doing and what uh, what they're calling, you know, I've seen several cars crab walking uh, back to the pits because they had knocked the, the, the rear and the front toes out of them. Um, yeah, obviously there's, there's a lot of phone link issues. Yeah, there's there's obviously a very very vulnerable part in this new car mm-hmm. that we're not really used to seeing, and, and the car doesn't fold up as we've seen. But I, I think back over the last few years with the Xfinity car, and I, I didn't really notice that with the composite bodies that they were more stiff or that they didn't they didn't fold or or whatever. So I mean, I, I just don't know if this is tied to the new car. Obviously, NASCAR missed the mark. NASCAR thought that this was going to be a vanilla racer, even with the new car. Like, because some of these guys have got to be going over budget already. When you have 70% more cautions this year than you had last year, you're you're predicting costs from last year to this year, which is is going to be hard to do anyway, right? Because you're using a completely different car, so you don't really know how much you need in your budget. But obviously, this year we are we are well past what these guys uh, expected to have to spend. And, and like you said, some teams may only have three cars, four cars. Well, I, I can name a couple of teams I believe that were in regs the last three weeks, right? From Pocono to uh, Indy and uh, in, in Michigan, I believe Eric Amarola has gotten caught up in all three of them. So uh, you, you know, if they got three backup cars and one main car, then I guess they're going to Richmond with one car. <laughs> yeah. Kaz wanted to elaborate on something, on how he thinks they can fix the problems before we go on to the next topic, Chris. So we had this discussion. I mentioned this earlier. I think the I think to kind of resolve this problem in a sense, and I know this is going to hurt some of the racetracks too, but Depending on depending on how you schedule, it may not hurt. NASCAR is going to have to do a lot of research towards the end of the season, during the off season, of how they can make these cars last longer. Otherwise, they're going to face the same issues as they are facing right now, essentially. Essentially. Mm-hmm. And so, I would say either reduce the schedule 
I wouldn't say insanely. I would say probably at the bare minimum, the truck series type schedule. So like whatever they run, like 23 to 26 races, something like that. Otherwise, right. I mean, I mean, otherwise they're going to, they're going to run into this problem. So they're either going to have to buckle down and see what parts have majorly failed and how can we make these better so that these teams are not uh, forking away money and trying to fix their cars week in, week out. Or they're going to have to reduce the schedule because, like I said earlier, these next-gen cars are supposed to help teams financially. And to start the season with all these tire failures and wheel failures, then all of a sudden, you know, we kind of quieted down with most of the issues. Now all of a sudden we're seeing cars just wrecking just because they're just giving way. So now we're kind of at the point where – NASCAR's got to figure these things out, or teams may have the budget better. Yeah, I just don't. I think the cars are not as durable, Taz, and and we've got to, we've got to work on some durability. I, I I can see we're cutting back the schedule uh, to fit the budgets of these NASCAR teams, but we're also talking about you know basically in July and June there's only two sports going up, right, and that's baseball and racing. Um, so you, there's really a lot of airtime, uh, and 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 that's racing. You know that's it's popular during during the the summer months, of course, and we start in the wintertime. I just I don't see uh, NASCAR completely cutting down to anything less than maybe a 30 race schedule. Taz, if that's if that's a reduction um, that uh, could be a little bit more cost affordable, then we would look at a, a schedule similar to what Formula One runs. Well, here's another thought on that cutting down costs. Here's another thought on that cutting down costs. Every year is a contract year. So if that's the case and you're cutting down costs, now you can cut down the driver's salary because he's not he's not behind the wheel um, for that many races. And I mean, granted, he's still doing the uh, he's still doing the sponsor appearances, but his actual behind the wheel time is cut down significant and he's not traveling so that means he doesn't need to have money for his bus he doesn't need to have money for you know he doesn't need to have all that extra stuff on well, the we're, road. we're at the course that we are because because we get a billion dollars from tv networks and so they're going to be really craig they're going to be the ones that control whether or not we cut down or or, or make a smaller schedule and as you said there's already a deflation of contracts with Kyle Bush that we talked about last week, having to take less money, uh, willing to take less money. So if you're Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Matt Kins, uh, 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 the 19 car, if you're any of those guys that, you know, been around, you're, you're basically having to take a pay cut from what you were worth 10 years ago or four years ago. Right. Yeah. And that's, and so, that yeah, are... teams are going to cut costs one way or the other. And uh, you know that's that's going to make Kyle Larson's next contract a little less a little less valuable as well. I just want so to throw into the cost cost of caution discussion. Okay, so we've identified failure, some failure points. Okay, the tires we've seen somewhat less issues with you know the the one lug nut 
and whatnot. You know, we've gotten somewhat better with that. We're now seeing where these toe links happen to be the weak point. You know, so, so that's something that NASCAR needs to focus on. But what if, you know, over the off season, whatever, NASCAR and the teams get together and they figure these things out. What if we, as as fans, are shortchanging these cars and maybe after a year of experience, they'll come back and they'll give us next year a much better product, much better racing, fewer parts failures, whatever. You know, so I'm I I I kind of got a little bit of, you know, okay, this is our first year with this thing. Let's wait and see. You know, I can't say the that the next gen car is a failure for sure until I see another season or maybe even two out of it as they tweak and improve it. Just playing devil's advocate here. No, and that's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, this car could get better. This is the debut year, and as you said, we may be underselling. These cars may not be that much harder to fix, right, once they get back to the shop. They just look terrible as they're crab walking with tires knocked in and tires knocked out and, you know, uh, driving down the highway, crab, crab, crab walking. But now y'all, y'all got a, a, an interesting subject. We're going to skip the Bubba talk, and we're going to get right into the Kyle Busch, uh, obviously. So I didn't get to make it all the way through DBC. Uh, I got about 20 minutes into it, and then something else come up. So I, I am very interested to know what has been said and where this topic lies at this point in time. So anybody that knows, well, that, that knows more than I do, they need to speak up. So on Door Bumper Clear last night, and I didn't get to listen to the show, but Twitter was exploding last night as soon as they were talking about this. And when they said this, that's when Twitter, like, literally blew up. I could swear to God almost every NASCAR Twitter person was on there posting about it and making opinions of what's going to happen. So with that being said, they said – that Kyle Busch now has Chevy coming into the picture for picking him up in 2023. He's also been in talks with one Ford team, and this is where the the deal breaker is going to be exploding here, folks. Apparently, JGR and Kyle Busch have ended discussions. Now that's according to who, Taz? That is that is what Door Bumper Clear reported yesterday. Right, but where did they? I guess what I'm getting at before Brady jumps on, where are they? Did they release where they're getting that information from? I didn't catch that part. So once I get once I'm able to catch that, I'll be able to clarify that answer. Okay. So Freddie Kraft is the one that works for Denny Hamlin Racing, the 2311. And what I did hear was a possibility of Ty Gibbs going into the 18 car and Kyle Busch actually signing a one-year deal with 
uh, with Denny Hamlin. Now, how that would work out, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if Kyle Busch would be willing to do that, uh, being yeah. that, uh, um, you, you know, being that basically Toyota's kicking him out of his top ride to go to another ride. But I, if you replace me, I, I don't think I would want to stick around either. So, um, um, yeah, so I, I'm with Craig. I, I'd like to know where that information comes from and who's who's reporting, whether or not that's Jordan Benaki or Bob Pachris or anybody to that, because I've not really heard uh, from mainstream media that uh, the contract negotiations had ended. But if it did, then there'll be a contract signed within a week because Kyle, Kyle Bush has already gotten his offers. He, he knows what's on the table. It's up to him to make that call, which, which you know, there again. Go ahead. Other people, other people don't talk about this, but you also have to remember, and I know we've discussed this, um, but if Kyle leaves Toyota, then whoever he signs with, whatever manufacturer, They've got to be willing to take his uh, KBM truck series as well because Kyle's not going to sign with another manufacturer and leave his cup team with Toyota. Or, I'm sorry, his truck team. Yeah, it's, it's yeah so that's something to think right. about, too. Yeah, I'm right. on. I'm on that. I'm on. I've been on that page for a while. Ever since Kyle Busch and JGR has had this, uh, just all these talks and reports for months now. But this is getting me to speculate. If Kyle Busch does not re-sign with Gibbs for say at least one year, where does he go? Depending with all these rumors going around. Well, you look at the four. You look at this one four team that's brought up. The only one that can really come to mind is Stuart Haas, and the only reason why is because Amarola has been speculating to leave the 10 car after this year, but he's been thinking about staying for another year because nothing's been announced. There's also Cole, Cole Custer, who's been lackluster since his win at, I think, what was it, Kentucky that he got it? or I don't remember exactly yeah. where. It was, a, it was blue, right. And so he's been lackluster since then. So Stewart's got to sit here and think, what can we do with this guy? And as far as Chevy goes, people have been saying, oh, put him with, like, some of these top dogs. And it's like, where? Hendrick's full for next year. So that eliminates them. Um, trying to think who else. Oh, you have – Hendrick didn't have enough money um, to keep Reddick. Well, you have – well. RCR is full next year because Reddick still got a contract through 2022. Um, then you have Petty GMS, which they have Eric Jones signed to the 43 for at least another year. They're targeting Noah Gregson to take the 42 car. JTG Doherty, they only have one car, and they're riding high on Ricky Stenhouse. So unless they buy a second charter for Kyle Busch, they're out the window. Uh, Spire Motorsports is going to be a giant downgrade for Kyle Busch, and he ain't going to take that one. So the only Chevy, legit Chevy team that stands that could really feel Kyle Busch that may have some funding to help him out is Colleague. 
What? Track house, man. Get out of town. Collie Grayson? No, because no, track house is full next year, and their third car is going to be for part-time drivers. So why would Kyle Busch take yeah. a pay cut and a part-time ride? Look, I'm I'm, I'm going to say it, say it right here, and they can quote me when I'm dead. Justin Marks is the next Steve Jobs. He is the Steve Jobs of NASCAR. So if anybody that can come out of the woodwork to pull this off, it's not going to be colleague racing. It's going to be track house racing. Because Justin Marks, he is a, he is a California guy. He, he, he sits with Fortune 500 people at his kitchen table. He lives in the neighborhood of these guys in Silicon Valley. So if anybody can pull out something – Pull a, 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 a rabbit out of their hat. It's got to be track house. But, but it is interesting, Taz, that you did bring up Collie Grayson because Mike Rice, I mean, look, there's that, you know, make a big splash. But Kyle Bush, Kyle Bush would have to understand that it's kind of similar to Spire. They're not a proven team. Track house has a little bit more credibility under their belt. But uh, Chevrolet being interested in, in – and if you didn't notice, I, I may just rebuttal everything I said. Chevrolet was a sponsor on Colleague Grayson's cars this past week. So, if, Taz Taylor, you may be on to something. All right. Well, with that being said, I, I know our guest is in the studio, Mr. Creighton. So if nobody uh, has anything else. Yeah, our guest is not in the studio. Oh, okay. Oh, there he is. There he is. All right, Craig, I'm going to turn it over to you, man. I'm going to uh, bring on uh, the Glen Ridge uh, promoter and uh, let you guys have it here for a few minutes. All right. Good evening, Brady. How are you, my friend? Hello. Do we, we get him on mute? I don't yeah, think we unmuted a, him. Yeah, I did. It's just going in circles for some reason. Oh, okay. Um, hold on. Oh. Give me one second. <coughs> oh, boy. All wow. right, well. All right. Did we get him? A little bit of dead air. I don't know what's going on. While we're, while we're waiting... Um, I'm excited to go to uh, Richmond this weekend. I wish it was in September like it always is, but, you know, hey. I think this one's a day race, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I like Richmond under the lights. While we're waiting for Brady and BTR to play nice together. Um. BCR has not been kind to us in the last number of weeks. No, it has not been. So uh, let me ask you, Taz. I brought it up in the first part of the show, and I believe Miss Lee is still with us, um, about Bubba's crying fit. I think that uh, the tears need to end now, and what's going on with trying to get Bubba in the chase in the in the JGR camp? The whole thing with I think Bubba's just overreacting and beating himself up way too much. I'm sorry, but dude, you gotta you gotta stop. I mean, there's only so much 
that you can do that people are just going to, you know, Bubba you can't cry baby from one topic he's, he's, to another. He's just got to stop. I mean, he's He's showing the performances, which is great. But if he finishes, if he doesn't win the race, then he can't just sit here and beat himself up saying he let everybody down. Dude, you finished second place. I'd be freaking happy because you finished second place racing amongst the best of the best in the Cup Series. If he was, if he was say running like top three week in week out, no questions asked, and he finished second when he had the ultimate opportunity to win the race, then, yeah, at that point I would be feeling horrible and saying I let everybody down. But, dude, you've had your string of bad luck to start the season. Now you're starting to pick up. Just stop. Take your yeah, sooner or later people are... Sooner or later people are going to just start tuning them out because, you know, I'm waiting for somebody to bring him a feminine product so he can change it. Because he just cries constantly. <laughs> I mean, I'd love for one of the reporters to have one of those. Here, Bubba. <laughs> go to the bathroom. <laughs> Sorry, Miss Lee, but, you know, it, it's it's terrible every week. You know, he'll tell okay, you his was, anxiety. His... I was finally able to clear a couple, of, uh, a couple of us out of the board, and I believe, let me try to plug him in now. Hello? I think we got him. We got him in? Hello? Yes. All right, he's in now. Good. You can hear me now? Okay. Uh, I'm going to correct you guys first. I'm not the uh, track promoter. I'm one of the track announcers. I want to put that out there. All right, well, so tell us about – we were hoping to get Butch on with you tonight, but apparently he's on dad duty. Yeah, so he's busy. Yeah, and so, he just got a cat, so he's also dealing with that. But oh, he's yeah, yeah, <laughs> been there. Um, oh yeah. Tell us about 2022 and and what kind of season you guys have had over there in Fultonville. Uh, I mean, it's, it's been a fun season for sure. Uh, obviously, a lot of changes happened with the whole tire shortage and the whole part shortage has happened this year. It's kind of made it tough. Um. I mean, we start some of our classes, some of our weeks. We've had some some really low car counts, tough a little bit. But uh, I mean, just last week we had a big a big sponsored race come up, and um, we had over two thousand to win for the Sportsman, and over uh, fifteen cars came, and that was our highest car count of the year. It's, it's just been it's been a tough it's been a tough season for sure up there, but we've uh, we've made the best of it and had fun so far. So what has what big races? I'll let Taz jump out here in a minute. Uh, what big races do you have coming up? I know with the uh, fair coming to uh, to town in down, a couple yeah, of weeks down the hill. Down the hill. Yeah. That'll that'll yeah. open you guys up, and hopefully we'll get you some car counts up there because, uh, you know, if possible. But what do you have coming up the rest of the season? Uh, so, like, we just had our NISCA night, like I said, last Sunday, big sponsored night. Uh, coming up this weekend will be our second Wheels of Spirit Enduro race, which is August 14th, which will be this Sunday at, this Sunday evening. Then August 21st, we'll have our National Pancreatic Cancer Foundation night in honor of Jack Millard. It's a 
22-lap all-star slingshot event with a bunch of uh, lap sponsored prizes and some pretty big cash for the all-star slingshots. The Millard brothers kind of put that on. It's been the amount of support for them too has been pretty cool in honor of their grandfather and honor of their grandfather. So it should be a uh, a good event. And then we have a uh, 6.02 Crate Sports and Eastern Region Series event on that night as well. So the Dirt Fair Sports will be in town. I won't be there that night. I'll be on a family cruise, but I know it's definitely going to be a uh, a fun one. And then August 28th, we'll have our Hall of Fame night, which we just announced our five Hall of Famers, or our class of five Hall of Fame families and members that will be inducted on that night, as well as a 40-lap sportsman event for the Hall and of Fame. who are your Hall of Famers? Okay, so, yeah, we have Bob Lansing, a longtime photographer that's been at the bridge for many, many years. And uh, he was Will. very – yeah, he was very stoked to get inducted. Danny Ballard, who was our 2021 All-Star Slingshot champion last year, still racing, still having a blast out there. I finished third, he finished third the other night, and uh, he's getting inducted, which he was totally surprised. We got the Constantino family getting inducted. Uh, the Dancing Bears is going to get inducted, so that's going to be cool. They were they were totally shocked when we asked we invite when they got announced that they were gonna be in. Um the Demetrazic family's gonna be in. Of course Pete Demetrazic, the longtime promoter before Butch Hazard and Ray Saffron took over. Uh he was him and his family are gonna be inducted. And then Frank Blanchard is also gonna be inducted into the Hall of Fame as well. That is awesome. Taz, what do you got, buddy? So you mentioned something about low car counts unless a big sponsor comes in. Um, so we're facing the tire shortage, part shortage. Could that be the reason why some of these teams are kind of limiting um, maybe their Sunday night program unless the money is there to kind of help them out in a sense? Because I, I know Glenn Ridge has been uh, one time they're good, next time they're not in terms of car counts uh, on average for the last few years. I, I mean that's a tough question because I'm I'm fairly new to the track. I got I just got into the raceway about two years ago as the, as help helping out with Dan Haslin and Jay Severson at the time. Now I'm with Toby, of course, as the announcers. So I was kind of, I'm kind of new to the track. I know we've they've always struggled with car counts because it's, it's a Sunday night and it's kind of a tough night. I mean, you look at like the first part of the season, kids are are still in school. I mean, you can't, like, all these junior slingshot kids and stuff, they all have school the next morning, so that's been tough. I mean, they can't get out there every week. And then, of course, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if the part shortage has been a big factor. I mean, it's definitely affected a lot of racing around the country, period, because it's just it's tough to get tires nowadays. I mean, some of these guys, they can only get, I mean, some of these drivers, they can only get one tire a week, and that's all they got. That's all they're getting for the week total for tires so they're using used tires and a bunch of stuff like that so i don't i don't know if it's really a tire if it's the shortest problem or if it's more of just it's just tough to get there on a sunday night or just lack of funding or something like that people just kind of maybe not racing on sundays and spending more family time i I don't i don't really know if i have an answer for that it's just uh it's definitely been a, a struggle this season but uh ultimately i mean we made the best out of it we have we still have a field of at least twelve weekly, and that's not that's been pretty good for that track because it's such. I mean, we're it's a quarter mile, so it's such a small track. They're racing door to door all the way around the raceway, so it's it's still pretty fun each and every week. So, what have been some of the biggest moments so far Glenridge has had uh, for this year that fans maybe have possibly missed 
or um, some of the ones that should always be remembered and talked about uh, that's already happened. Oh, man. I mean, look at I'm looking right now. Currently, last week, uh, Lucas Duncan beat Butchie Irwin, Hall of Famer Butchie Irwin. Lucas Duncan's like 10 years old, and he just won a, his first career limited sportsman race last week and goes and repeats it this past Sunday and did the same exact thing, going two for two. I mean, that's been pretty huge to see a little kid like that wheeling a sportsman the way he is, and it's been, it's been fun to watch for sure. Uh, I mean, I look – I mean, even this past Sunday had a lot of uh, crazy things go down. I mean – Pro Stock feature comes out. Cousin Luke Horning's leading on the last lap. Goes into turn two, and something goes wrong with the car. He comes to almost a complete stop. The whole field has to skate, like try to avoid him because he's right in the middle of the track. Luckily, everybody did avoid him, and uh, Slater Baker ended up getting by and getting his first career win. So, I mean, I look at that. That was pretty uh, crazy moment that's happened this year for that. Um, for our Enduro series, I mean, Enduros are always wild. I'm sure you guys have seen Enduros before. You know how they are. Uh, we had Tim Warner uh, in turns three and four barrel roll about ten times, and then landing on all all four wheels and getting out of the car and doing a doing a roof dance like it was nothing. Um, AJ Albreda, he's a All Star Slingshot rookie, just got into it three weeks ago, and on his second week out, went and beat Dan, the future Hall of Famer Danny Ballard in his second time ever in a slingshot. So that was that's been pretty impressive. Uh, the Buff brothers, they've been tough all year as well, it seems. Uh, Andrew, Zach, and Justin Buff, they all have wins up there this year. Zach just clicked off his fourth win this past Sunday up there. Andrew's currently leading our point standings. They just, they seem like they've been the dominant sportsman up there weekly. And then, uh, what else can I mention? I mean, I'm just kind of covering all of our series here. Our mini stocks, we've got, uh, Jay Ingersoll and, um, Billy Hillman, basically, they've walked away with the the uh, points lead and all that, they've won. Billy Hillman's won a total of 11 races this year out of our 12 week, 12 or 13 weeks that we've been running. So he's been untouchable. And uh, Jay Ingersoll as well has been also untouchable with his single cam mini stock. Adam Tranko is going to be featured on Netflix's Poker Face next fall, which is pretty cool. Or not Netflix, it's Pe- Peacock's Poker Face, my bad, which is some mystery show that he got asked to race in. He uh he'll be there on the um he's there every week and he uh currently is our street stock points leader. And then Connor Train, our this is our last division. Connor Train, our junior slain shots, he's probably like six or seven years old and he's got he's he's currently setting a record for the most wins in a row and he's right now at six, so he's uh he's been showing up and being pretty dominant there each and every week. Sorry, that was a lot of information. <laughs> and now, the more information, the better. It kind of helps us out uh, fill in some of our time. Now, um, you also, not only do you announce at Glen Ridge on a weekly basis, but you also have a podcast slash YouTube channel called Out of the Fast Lane. Can you elaborate in terms of how it started and where you are with that now? Oh my God! Yeah, they, that that changed my whole life. So uh, I grew up with autism, and I've always struggled with like high school and through school and all that. And just I never never really had like a lot of friends, kind of struggled and all that. So COVID hit. So in the March of 2020, I'm a ninth grader at the time. 
I'm bored in my room. I mean, the Pro Invitational is going on with NASCAR, so we got all the iRacing stuff going on. I have iRacing, of course. I mean, it's the bla- it's always fun to race on. But um, so we're, I'm in my room. I come out to my parents. They go, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. And they looked at me like I had four heads, which, I mean, at the time, I kind of was a little – I was still a little mischievous, and I could I could admit I could have probably been a little bit I was probably embarrassing a little bit at first when I said that, and um, but then we go right to the Pro Invitational race at Bristol. So the the cool thing with that is all the uh, NASCAR drivers they're streaming live on Twitch during that time. So all the smaller drivers like Timmy Hill and BJ McLeod, Landon Castle, they're all on live, and they got like ten viewers, so like nobody's really watching them. If you go in there and chat with them, there's a good chance they're gonna go back and like read your messages and like come back and get to you, get back to you and stuff. So I joined Landon Castle's stream the one night, and I was just just out of curiosity. I figured, well, what the heck? What's what's the worst he's gonna say? No. And I told him, look, I want to start the podcast, and this is what I want to do. And sure enough, I get I get I get down I go down to bed. I wake up the next morning. I got a DM right back from Landon saying, all right, as soon as Bristol's over tonight. Which this is all the Sunday of the presentation. Like as soon as Bristol's over, the hour right after, we'll go live on Instagram, you and me, and we can uh, we'll get your podcast going. So I did that, and if you go back and watch that, I mean, oh my God, it's it's like listening to uh, I can't even I can't really describe it. I'm just I was so you can tell it was my first time and how nervous I was, but that ultimately led to a internship with Dirt Track Digest, interviewing a lot of local drivers, meeting drivers like Stuart Friesen and Jessica Friesen, and top, I just recently met Todd Bodine, which I'll talk about that here in a second. And all the drivers at Fonda Speedway and Albany, Saratoga, and all that. So that was a blast. And then uh, I uh, then picked up. In the, this was now the summer of 2020, so now we're in about June, August, and I get a message from the announcer Paul Schmall at the time at Fonda he's no longer there but he was there at the time and he texted me saying hey you want to come announce an undercar with, with me I feel like you got you may have some potential to be an announcer I want to give you a chance and I go all right I'll come check it out I'll come try it so ultimately that lead led to me picking up uh Jay Severson's number and that started me out at the ridge so I was 14 15 at that time um so I just kind of started out watching them, just watching them and learning, watching, learning about the ridge and getting to meet the drivers up there and the promoters and stuff. So that was neat. That was neat. That's kind of how I got introduced to the ridge. Um, and then that next year, I just I started doing Belusha. I went down to Dirt Car Nationals in February, interviewing Kyle Larson and names like Joey Logano, Justin Allgaier, Matt Crafton, and uh, so that was neat. And then ultimately, it just to now more currently, I've been doing a lot of covering, a lot of local racing, a lot of interviews. I mean, I just interviewed Billy Pouch Sr. this past Friday, which was awesome. But uh, I'm right now currently I'm announcing weekly at Royal Mountain Sea Area on their for their Monster Energy Supercross each and every Wednesday. I do Patriot Sprint Tour and CRS Day Sprint Tour. I'm like their secondary announcer if their first one can't make it, which I have a couple more gigs with CRS Day. This year, I'm going to be at one Skyline Raceway on the 10th of September. The other one's Fonda Speedway on the 16th, which that's now just being released now. But um, so that's going to be fun, and uh, ultimately, it's just led to a lot of fun. And I'm just I'm very humbled and blessed to be able to do everything that I've been able to do, and just keep keep grinding each and every week and having fun with it. 
That's uh, quite the growth there. Uh, Craig, you still on? Want to pop in? Yeah, I'm still on. I was uh, I was listening to him. You have a pretty extensive resume, young man, for uh, <laughs> for for just starting out. So congratulations! I want to congratulate you on that. That is awesome. And <clears throat> you know how hard it and how difficult it is each week to put a podcast together. So yeah. Who oh, else is who else I may have missed this, but who else is doing the podcast with you? Do you have another co host? Do you have a co host with you? Oh no, I'm I'm all by myself there, bud. Oh that's I, I that's... do this all, I do it all by my own. I haven't really thought about expanding. I mean, there has been some times where I've had more than one guest on my show and I've had other people talk and like kinda of have a conversation going, but mainly it's more of a one on one thing with me and the person that I'm interviewing, like I can tell you tomorrow I'm gonna to be inter- I'm gonna have a podcast up with uh, Ryan Vargas from the Xfinity series, so that's gonna be cool. Neat to if you guys everybody that's tuning in can check that out. And uh, no, it's just a, it's one on one, and I like I'm I'm more I do podcasts more in the off season because you know as you guys know podcasts are tough to really like build together and get them all promoted and all the commercials and all that in. So I do those more on the off season, but I've been doing a couple during the summer, and uh, but mainly. My focus has been, like, doing the live interviews at the track, the two- to three-minute interviews and interviewing drivers just like that and talking to them quickly and briefly about their race and all that and getting to know them that way and then posting it on YouTube. And that's kind of been how it, that's how I kind of roll with it. No, that's awesome. And, yes, it is very difficult to put a weekly podcast together um, each and every week. Uh, we've been doing it. three co-hosts. Right. I mean, you know, so we we pretty much we pretty much pre show Monday and early Tuesday morning and then we put the itinerary together Tuesday afternoon. So Yeah. You know, kudos for you to you and I know I did it by myself for years. And it was and it was very difficult. Um so you've got a couple of big races coming up the rest of the year. What does twenty twenty three look like? I know that Butch uh, I think I had seen that Bush and Ray Sarah have been signed on for another year. Uh, uh, if, it's been, if it's I'm more, reading that. It's, yeah, it's more it's more than one year. I can say that. I don't really know what 2023 is bringing to us. I've been I've been hearing some things. I can't really go out there saying what we're doing yet. I've been hearing possibly the return of something big that everybody's been wanting. I can't confirm any of that yet because like, indeed we still got like five or six weeks left to go. But um, 2023 is back with the Ridge. Uh, Butch and Ray are going to keep the uh, the president or the the CEO or whatever you want to call them the the stars. They're going to they're still going to be promoting their each and every week, and that's pretty cool to have them guys back. They've always been good to me, and I love I love going up there each and every Sunday and having fun with them guys. And yeah, I'm not sure what 2023 is going to bring to the Ridge. I'm not even sure. Well, I'm doing 2023 at the Ridge yet. If they, if they, they haven't confirmed everything yet. It's still ways, because like I said, it's still ways way out. But uh, no, I know not we're really. Our track down here has already released the schedule. Well, it's getting ready to release well, the schedule for 2023. But we're working on it. It's more of a we'll get it in the off season and everybody will be ready to go next uh, next May or whatever it is. I know we are so planning on uh, the off season. We're gonna do a possibly do an iRacing series. That might be neat for the Ridge. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Now, what's the name of your podcast, and where can we hear it at? Yeah, so it's Out of the Fast Lane by Brady Hauser, myself, and uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, I can, I can't really. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, I post there each and every week. But uh, like I said, I'm gonna have an interview with Ryan Vargas up there tomorrow. We just reached 430 subscribers about a week ago, so we're we're slowly rising. We're slowly gonna get to the road to 1,000. It's definitely a long road. It's gonna get there eventually, but uh, we just keep having fun with it, interviewing drivers like. I look at last Friday, like I said, I interviewed Billy Powich, but then I went and interviewed a 13-year-old rookie in the limited sportsman division, and his name's Chris Crane Jr. And I mean, it's it's just cool getting to interview these the wide variety of racers and different classes, and getting to meet these different drivers and stuff. I mean, it's 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 yes, like I always tell people, yes, it's cool to go up and talk to Stuart Friesen and all the NASCAR guys and stuff, but it's also cool to get to meet these young these younger, lower uh, funded drivers and give them their spotlight because. At the end of the day, those are the ones that are making the track successful. They're the ones that come there each and every week and are there for the track. They, even if they are field fillers and stuff, they love. They come there each and every week and they keep supporting. And I believe I believe that all drivers deserve their opportunity to have a little bit of spotlight. And uh, that's kind of what I've kind of based off, just trying to get as many drivers there a chance to let the fans get to know them a little bit off my platform and just uh, kind of build from there. No, exactly, exactly. So it's so you are on YouTube. That is awesome. Now you've had this, you've done this for two years. You're up to four hundred and what subscribers? Four hundred and thirty-five. Which it's, and that's the thing about YouTube. I mean, it's tough to get subscribers. It is free. I mean, for anybody that is tuning in and wants to subscribe, it's completely free. All you gotta do is make a quick account. I mean, YouTube accounts are free. You can make them like that. Yep. Just gotta confirm an email, but. Uh, it's, it's definitely tough, but I know once you get like a thousand, they'll start putting you on the recommend recommended page and then everybody will start clicking on your videos. So that's kind of our ultimate goal is to get to a thousand and just see where it leads from there. But, uh, I know I'm going to be turning 18 next year and I know it's going to be a little bit different because I don't know where I'm going to be leading or I'm going to get led to. I know there's different places I've already got my eyes on and I can't release anything yet, but. I definitely have my eyes on some places that I want to go to and where I might be working for. And heck, I might be in the garage with NASCAR. I'm not sure yet. It's definitely, it's definitely been a dream of mine. I know it's going to be a long road to get there, but uh, that's my ultimate goal. And who knows what could happen here over the next couple of years, or it could happen next year. For all I know, I I'm just going to keep keep grinding. Though, like I said, keep uh, keep getting to know people, and hopefully. Hopefully I'll be the next uh, like Joy or whatever you want to say out in that booth one day. That's awesome. A lot awesome. of enthusiasm. I definitely... A lot of enthusiasm there, Craig. Uh, future oh, Mike Joy on the mic. Hey, I, I don't know if this question was asked or not. I, I've been uh, my my son had a blowout, so I had to go uh, down here and help him real quick. But uh, so um, in a in a in a situation now where there's you know it seems to be hard to get harder and harder to get fans into the facility. What are you guys doing to bring the the racers and the, the the fans in the same facility at the same time, other than having to have a humongous show. How, how are y'all getting fans to come back to the racetrack? Well, I mean, it's just we promote, we're promoting it a lot more. We uh, started a talk show each and every week with me and Toby LaGrange, the two announcers up right. there, and we do that every week called GR Live. I mean, we've been – so we've, we have right. drivers come on and chat on there and have them promote the track and all that. 
Um, right, right. More recently, we've been having uh, drivers meeting and greeting people as they walk in. So we've had some uh, drivers bring their race cars and then their fire suits and stuff come out to the uh, the main midway and have their card there. So when the fans walk in, they have something to take a look at quick and get to meet the drivers. And that's been kind of neat. Uh, I know the Glenridge Kids Club, they're there each and every week. So we always try to get the kids involved and bringing in prizes for them and raffles and all that. It has some fun projects and stuff for them to do. And drivers, drivers like to do, take part in that kind of stuff and kind of get the kids, like always get the younger fans involved. It's always been fun. And, um, so that's been fun. I know they've, uh, it, they've lowered the prices a little bit on the, the admission fee. I know that, um, I gotta look at, I gotta look at the, I got it pulled up right here. It's now, yeah, no, now it's, eight dollars a year and where it used to be 12 so they i mean they've lowered the ticket prices and it, it's definitely wow. off the tracks i noticed a um substantial amount of crowd, people have started to come in and uh we've been uh having some pretty decent crowds the past couple of weeks and it's been been pretty fun eight out of 12 uh from eight from 12 dollars to eight dollars uh that's about a four dollar deficit per ticket uh that's uh Probably about every fourth new fan that you get, you're, you're covering the cost of that. But the the idea yeah. to that, right, is to get people back involved and to uh, once again uh, fill the stands up. That way, you sell more hot dogs, you sell more uh, merchandise, you sell more um, sodas uh, and pit passes too, right? I mean, that's that's what it's all about. And so, uh, how much are your pit passes? Well, pit passes have stayed the same. They are still thirty dollars, but um, I mean, you go to other tracks like Bonham Speedway, they're charging like thirty-five or whatever it is. But that's, I mean, that's all—they're all in the same price range, and it's just. But that's also the pits. I mean, you're at—you get a whole lot more with a pit experience. I mean, you're in that race and with the drivers as they're getting ready to go out and race, and it's that's definitely a whole other experience that fans enjoy to take part in. But uh, definitely. Has been it has been cool though to see the fans uh, coming back to the track and uh, starting to come back each and every week. I mean, slowly and slowly our crowd is getting bigger and bigger each and every week. I mean, kids seven and under, it's only four bucks for them. So that's I mean to get the kids involved, like we said, it's always that's our number one goal. Right, definitely. The and the kids club and, is uh, something that I, that I enjoy seeing as well at race track. Yeah. So uh, kudos to that. Yeah, I'll turn it back over to my guys. So you, so before we let you go, you recently did, um, you kind of partnered up with Sue and Jess for the Aim for Autism, and yes, fundraise for cool. that. What what did you, what did you do to help raise funds for that? Um, is there something that you did on your own? How did that come into fruition? And uh, mm-hmm. What was the final total that you personally raised for your own to help them out? Yeah, so like I said, I, I grew up with autism, so I know the struggles that kids go through and all that. And It's, it's definitely not easy. I mean, I've I've kind of been blessed to just kind of represent that that awareness and stuff. But, uh, you know, last month I started uh, doing these limited edition out of the fast, out of the fast lane stickers for five bucks a pop with uh, the autism awareness logo in the background of my logo, which was all, was very neat. And uh, Johnny Licata, Barty Steinko, got to give him a shout-out. Uh, he, he nailed them with those stickers, and they were awesome and helped us out tremendously, gave us a deal on those. And, yeah, we, uh, we knew, we'd we known Stu and Jess for a long time. We've been friends with their family and the crew and all that 
at the Honda and all that and all the tracks you see them at. And they vote actually, if I got to be honest with you, during the winter, I've, uh, I ski with Stuart and Jess at times. So that's neat to do as well. But, uh, so we know them really, we've known them well. And I've always wanted to just help out with that awareness and, I know that they do. I did, they did their AIM autism benefit on the 16th of July there, and I uh, I was in the dunk tank that day. I got dunked a couple times, but uh, that was fun. But uh, no, so I wanted to uh, just put my little part into it and help out and donate a little bit of money to their awareness and kind of raise some raise awareness for them. And uh, just two weeks ago, when the Sierra State Sprint Cars were fun, I was able to present them a track for uh, $800 for their awareness from all the sticker donations. So um, a lot of dirt bike riders, a lot of racers, a lot of local businesses stepped up. A couple even put up some donations, and we were able to, again, raise $800. And that was pretty huge to get that to their, to their donate, to that donation to them. And uh, definitely going to plan on doing that again next year. All right. Awesome. And, uh, so once again, just uh, we got Brady Hauser from uh, Glen Ridge Motorsports Park, uh, track announcer, and uh, you can find him on YouTube with his Out of the Fast Lane podcast. Brady, mm-hmm. we want to say thank you for coming on tonight, um, and it was a pleasure having you. Uh, Chris, Craig, any final words for him before we let him go? No, I just want to thank you very much for coming on short notice. I know I reached out to you Thursday or Friday, so mm-hmm. thank you for coming on with us uh, short notice. The plan is to get you guys back on early in the season next year before you kick off uh, the race season. So mm-hmm. I'll reach out to you during the off season if you're still lined up with uh, yeah. Glen Ridge. We'll get you, maybe we can get you and Butch on, so that way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and so I'm, again, I'm, thank you I'm very much. On, I'm happy to be on any time with you guys. I, even if it's not for the Ridge, you guys want me to come out and talk about a NASCAR topic because I love following that as well. You guys are more welcome to give me a, oh, shoot me a message, and I'll I'll call in. Anyway, right. <laughs> sounds like a plan. Oh, I, I, we'll have to have, I, I would I love I love to uh, I love to ramble like Taz over there. Yeah, Craig Craig kind of threw you out of the bus there right away. Taz he kind of texted me. Like five minutes before I got in the air, he goes, "Well, we'll get you in eventually." Tad is still over here rambling, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to throw you to the bus there, Craig. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I run into you into the track there. Yeah, but I appreciate you guys letting me come on the show tonight, and uh, yeah, like I said, anytime, I'll let me know, and I'll I'll be I'll make sure I call in. All right, very good. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Yeah. All right. Bye. Good night. All right. Take care, guys. <laughs> All right. That was a good little interview right there. Yeah. Once again, uh, Craig, was. you're the all-star that I get you get, so, man, uh, I, I was able to listen even though I, I wasn't able to talk. Uh, my son had a blowout, and uh, we, we had to go up there and grab the jack because uh, if you leave a $150 Pittsburgh jack on the side of the road, nine times out of ten, you come back and they're gone, so. Um, oh, yeah. appreciate you guys for giving me, that moment, giving me that moment to run up there when I found out my jack was still on the side of the road. Me, um, unfortunately, his spare did not fit, so that's crazy. We bought a car with a spare in it, and the spare does not fit the rim, uh, fits the tire. So, anyway, we'll get out of our out of uh, my life subject here. And, uh, yeah, so now we've got a correspondent we can turn to uh, at, at our roundtable discussion. 
uh, or even on our hot topic discussion. So that's pretty cool, man. We got a guy who's already done podcasts, and you know, I don't know about you guys, but I adventure off on other people's podcasts every now and then. Uh, I've been a, I've been a, uh, at least a bi week bi yearly guest on uh, Fan for Racing, uh, probably for going on over ten years. So uh, um, it's definitely cool when you're able to come on somebody else's podcast when this is kind of you know, when you enjoy doing it as well. So uh, we'll have to remember that and bring them on. Oh, definitely, for sure. And uh, if we squeeze him in for these roundtable discussions, oh, boy, he might spice things up a bit. Yeah, I love hearing other people's opinions. I, if I let yeah. you, you know, y'all think that I like talking so much, and I really do like talking, but these shows would go on forever if I, had, if I let y'all talk just as much as I talk. I mean, we would never, we would, we'd have to have four-hour shows. Right, which is why we need to stay on topic. Oh, oh, Mr. Craig, who does all the itinerary and everything, and he'll have everything organized for the next show, huh? But yeah, let's 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 stay on cue <laughs> here. Yeah, we're we're running a couple of minutes behind, and uh, nothing like nothing like busting some Craig balls in the middle of a show, man. It's a bam. <laughs> no, I'm going to take my first vacation day next week. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Hey, did you put it in to get oh, paid for that one? Oh, yeah, I put in for vacation starting next Tuesday, aren't you? Yeah, buddy. All right, and uh, and payment denied. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, my friend. Me too. So, uh, yeah, we're, we'll get back on subject here. I think we, uh, I think we just threw our itinerary right out, right out the window. Um, well, I think not, we had some uh, black, black. black flag checker flags headlines today in Richmond pick, so we're not really too far behind there, Chris. Is what, do you think hey, you are? We, we kind of had a stat of the day with the seventy-two percent caution, so yeah, I mean, we really are. We're right. We're right where we need to be. That sounds like a country song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. I believe it was Gary well, Allen. What uh, black flag, checker flag? What is your black flag, checker flag? We'll start with Taz. Oh, boy. Checker flag is going to be Kevin Harvick for getting his win. And checker flag also goes out to, and you guys may hate me for it, but you know what? I don't care. I feel like this deserves to be a checker flag moment. Ty Gibbs for scoring a top 10, and I think it's, I think I might be wrong, it's his first top 10 in like what, two or three Cup Series starts, and he's just, he's just a replacement driver right now? Yeah, 18th and 17th were his first two finishes, if I'm not mistaken, that's, that's just, that's kind of remember a stat that I read or something, but yeah, 18th, 17th, and then a top 10 finish. So that's my checker flag. Black flag, again, it's going to have to be the, the caution deal. Which caution? So just too many cautions in one go. Oh, not a specific caution, but all the cautions. Yeah, I mean, I'm all, hey, I'm all, hey, I don't mind cautions at times because it always, you know, plays the, plays the strategy game of 
what do you do now in this situation? Um, do these cautions throw monkey wrenches in everybody's plans? You know, I, I don't mind them, but I just feel like if there's so many of them, it's just like, why are we out here? Yeah, I, I think that's boring racing. I mean, I get that kind of race, Formula One and IndyCar and, and, and whatnot, but but stock car racing is stock car racing. I mean, did you watch the spectacular crash at Stafford Speedway this past weekend with the street stock car? Did you see that? Oh, Dad, yeah. Did you watch uh, the replay? I caught, I caught the clip of it. And, Chris, I'm going to add on to this uh, multiple caution deal. Um, I know I wasn't on the show the Tuesday after the SRX finale, but the first heat race of the SRX finale – was for was a snooze fest because they only they only ran nine green flag laps if you looked at the uh, live timing and scoring when I looked back at that. So yeah, um, back to the whole Michigan deal with so many cautions, it kind of kills the racing product. All right, that's that's hey, that's what black flag checker flag is for. It's nobody to argue your opinion, um, and uh, you know, um, I. I I personally, I feel like uh, I, I like excitement in racing, and uh, so I've really enjoyed. But now they call me Cautionel Flaggerford, so I am the flag of caution. So uh, it is almost fitting that I would enjoy uh, that 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 side of of racing. But uh, so Craig, uh, black flag, checker flag, checker flag. I got to agree with Taz on at least one of them. Um, Kevin Harvick's victory this past weekend in Michigan. It showed that us old guys can still get it done. Um, I want to give another shout out. Yes, I want to give another. Sir, do you have serious exams? yes, on my app. Oh, okay. So I don't you, watch. You haven't heard the I new Rick Flair Mount Everest commercials, have you? <laughs> they're they're horrible. <laughs> No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I'll have to. I'll have to YouTube them. I'm sure I could find it on YouTube. I'm sure there's got to be a clip of it on YouTube. Um, black or uh, black flag. I have to go with the durability of the cars. Um, as we stated earlier in our in our one discussion uh, point the uh, durability of the cars is now being tested with all these uh, crashes. So NASCAR has got to figure this out. And, you know, like anything, I'll give it a year or two. And if it isn't even any better, then it's got to go away. They got to figure something out. They spent two years developing this damn car, if not longer. And yes, it's made it safer to a point. I mean, look at, uh, what was it? 41 caught fire in the wheel well and uh he was able to get out unscathed but you know the amount of cautions that we've had because of the wrecks and these cars aren't durable is just uncalled for so miss lee what do you got all right well i don't disagree with with anyone else's black flags but What's up with these pit crews? That's my black flag. These pit crews and all the mistakes they're making lately. 
in this day and age, as practiced as they are, how do you have too many guys over the pit wall? How do you have tires rolling away from you? Come on, guys. Get it together. And two on the same spot, on the same stop, no less. Exactly. So that's my black flag is, is pit crews. It, you know, these guys are fucking phenomenal. Pardon my language. They're phenomenal. <laughs> Um, you know, they, they, they are true athletes and I don't discount that, but come on guys, really get it together. Checkered flag. You know what? I'm going to give it to Ty Gibbs. The kid stepping in has really done an amazing job and I have my issues with everything to do with Ty Gibbs, but he's done a great job. I still can't get over the fact you dropped the F-bomb. I swear, yeah. I almost did, take, I, 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 did, did anyone feel the... Did, Listen, anyone, guys. did anyone feel the ground? Did any of you guys feel the ground shake? Because my jaw dropped very hard when that happened. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, guys. Actually, you're, not, tended, you're not that tall, so it wasn't that far of a fall. I tended bar for a lot of years. <laughs> and I was also an ER room nurse, okay? I, I, am, I talk like a sailor, sorry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's right up oh, my I scale. Do too. I love it. I love it. Yep. All right, they all ready for mine? Yes, sir. A ticker flag goes to NASCAR for parity, man. I mean, we are sitting 23 races into the season. We've had 15 different winners, guys. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, Chase Elliott has separated himself from the field. Um with four victories versus everybody else's two. Uh, but Denny Hamlin would have three victories had he not been disqualified. Security has definitely been there. It was just a couple of years ago that two guys won 18 of the 36 races. So that's half, right? That's half of the races they won between two drivers. Um, we've come a long way, and kudos to NASCAR. Well, I hope that this parity continues, but with the cost of cautions and low-budget teams, I'm sure that uh, Hendrick can afford uh, quarter panels and recertifications of chassis and all a hell of a lot uh, better uh, than organizations such as Colleague Racing and Inspire and some of these underfunded um, racing. Now, my black flag, you know what? It's so funny that you, that you gave your checkered flag to Ty Gibbs because I'm giving the black flag to his pawpaw, Okay. You're letting okay. the best driver in the sport go. And I know, Joe Gibbs, that you're used to it. You've let Tony Stewart go. You've let Joey Logano go. You let Dale Jarrett go. You let Bobby Labonte go. You're, you have a history of not allowing a driver to retire from your organization, Mr. Joe Gibbs. As a matter of fact, the only driver that did retire from your organization was Carl Edwards. And you know why Carl Edwards retired from your organization, Mr. Joe Gibbs? Because he saw that he was nothing but a number at the table. And you know what? He come from a race team that was family. Roush racing was family to Carl Edwards. 
And when he wound up over at your team, Joe Gibbs, he realized that he was nothing more than a number on the side of a race car. So you know what? Take your grandson and enjoy what little success or plenty of success that you may have. But just remember, when Hall of Fame time comes, you better have kissed ass to Mr. Kyle fucking Bush uh, because he made your organization what it is today. And, sir, you got the black flag because you turned your back on who helped build your organization. And I'll leave that one bleeped out. Tell us how you really feel, Chris. Wow. Seriously. I know. I almost F- feel like he's. F- I almost feel like he's arguing with me on a text message. <laughs> but you, it comes but back you know like what? That I'll tell you what. That's that's honest and and it's factually based. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. I think I might try to edit this out, edit this black flag, like take this black flag section and create an audio and this week and uh, put it together for if you missed this week's show, this is what you missed. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Get me right. fired. <laughs> right. Do it. I'm going to throw I do another, have another black job. flag in. I'm going to throw in another black flag, and I put this in the chat. Um, another black flag goes to NASCAR's stupid point system. I'm sorry. This is ridiculous. You, this is so based on winning. This is bull crap. You have Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. who are top five in points. Ryan Blaney second, Truex fourth in points. They're winless and are going to be screwed out of going for a championship because they don't have a win while we have... I mean, not saying the other guys don't deserve to go for the championship because they have a win, but, like, these two guys are sitting on top five of the point standings. They're getting screwed out of a championship quite possibly. Change back to the old format. Top ten drivers go for the top, go for the final ten races for the championship. Can't we what? bring that back and screw this stupid playoff format? Wow. I got a little hot in here. I don't know about Joe. Yeah, oh, you know what? Uh, that's some testosterone uh, floating around the building there. <laughs> yeah, even from this league, though. I mean, that's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. All right, so we probably should do our picks so we don't run out of time because we've only got like ten minutes left. And you know what happens when we run late? BTR cuts us off. <laughs> Not tonight, baby. Not tonight. I got another one. Chris Creighton, you're up first. Uh, so what are we racing? We're racing Xfinity and Cup? We're doing Trucks and Cup at Richmond. Trucks and Cup. Wow, Xfinity's off. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, it's all up. Zane Smith or John Hunter Nemechek. I think we've kind of singled out those two. Of course, uh, Grant Enfinger showed up in victory lane uh, just a few weeks ago. So uh, you throw another another name in the mix there. Um, shoot, man. You know, for some reason, the 18 car, he's really – I feel like he's really turned it on. I like Carson Hosevar, too. I like uh, how that kid's coming along. 
But uh, who is it? Was it Chandler Smith that's in the 18 car, 18 truck? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with him. I have a hunch on him. It's a short track, too, and we know KBM normally has some pretty fast trucks at these short tracks. So I'm, I'm going to go with Chandler Smith. And for truck series. You know, that. I want to. I want to think that Ford's got it right. I want to think because Joey Logano, right, Richmond short track, hard to pass. Um, we kind of don't know what we're gonna have though at Richmond. Is this a Saturday night race or is this a, is this a night race? No, it's a day race. So it's, so it's gonna be hot and slick. Okay. All right. So, uh, man. I, I, I'm going to have to go with Denny, Denny Hamlin, man. They're going with the hamster. Yeah, I mean, that's one of his, uh, you know, that's that's one of his bread and butters there, man. One of his so-called home tracks. Yeah, so, yep, I'm going to go with the hometown boy, Denny Hamlin. They're going with the hamster. All righty. Well, here we go. I got Zane Smith for the trucks. We know Zane Smith has been a pretty solid contender all year long with the truck series, no matter where we go. Uh, he's also got a lot of short track experience through the ARCA ranks. And for my cup pick, Chris, you mentioned him, and I almost thought you were going with him, but I'm kind of glad you're not because I'm going to go with the swerve of it's your short track racing. Mr. Giggles Logano. Wow. Night and day, baby. Night and day. This goes to Mr. CJ's picks, who's got Ben Rhodes, and I'm not surprised by his... Actually, I'm not surprised by either of these picks. Ben Rhodes and uh, Kyle freaking Bush. Which leads (laughs) to the DJ Music Man. You're up next, bud. You know what? If this was anybody else that I had a pick before this season, I'd bitch and protest, and I'd want a recount because you didn't do points from last week. But because it's Miss Lee, and Miss Lee and I have been battling pretty much all season long, I will gladly let her pick last. But I'm going to tell you who I'm going to pick in truck series. I am going to pick... Hmm. Well, I'll give you my cup pick first. I think I know I'm where your truck to... pick is going. Well, it isn't going to go to freezing. Oh! Um, <laughs> my cup pick's going to be none other than MTJ. Not a bad one. Not a bad one. I'll give you um, a second. Wait. Winner number six. Yeah. Um, and that would mean that the second-place car in points doesn't go to the championship. That That is wild, Taz. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, my truck pick. Oh. I'm going to go with. Uh, you know what? I'll take Zane. I'll take Zane Smith as well. Smith as well. Yeah, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> <laughs> he I, call I, you a mother trucker. <laughs> he did. <laughs> she is a mother. All right, Miss. 
Miss Lee, Miss Lee, you are up. All right. I am going. He's had some rough luck the past couple races. But for my truck pick, I am going with John Hunter Nematode. Nematode. I'm hoping he can turn things around this week. Um, Cup-wise, you know what? I'm going with Kaz on this one. And I picked him this last week, too. But I, I'm going with Ladano. This could be a good trap for him. I think. No, not to the dark side, Kaz, because I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> I was a Logano fan when he first came up in the cup with Joe Gibbs. He was my driver because it was his rookie year in cup, and it was my first year as a, as a real NASCAR fan. And so I've I've always followed him. And like I said earlier, you know, he was the redheaded stepchild at JGR. Penske has obviously given him a championship. So, you know, I know know the caliber of driver that he is. And he's matured a lot. A lot. So... Yeah, he's he's more than just a, a fly-by-night driver for me to pick. All right, so there's our picks for this weekend at Richmond. Um, we want to thank you guys for, for tuning in to the show tonight. I want to thank Brady Hauser for coming along Uh as well, joining us earlier as our guest. Uh, we've had a, quite an entertaining show, especially within the last half hour. Uh, where mm-hmm. things got a bit heated. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, check us out. Uh, <laughs> check us out on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Freaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaven, Podcast Index, Teaser, Podchaser, YouTube, podpage.com and of course blog talk radio uh thanks for sponsors phoenix fitness bears bullish market talk group and carolina sports plus um guys what a show it has been and uh you guys got anything uh, you guys wrap up with our closing line monday's headlines today lee um i don't have one you go. Hey. Martin Truex Jr. wins. That's surprise, winner number sixteen. Winner number sixteen on the season, the second place driver in points. He's on the outside looking in. Oh, but actually right. it would be Kurt Bush. Kurt Bush would be the guy that would miss the chase. Kurt Bush. Y'all you guys remember that. It would be Kurt Bush that loses the miss. Uh, no, 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 no. Kurt Busch has the waiver, so him missing these races, he's got the waiver to be in the playoffs still. So that would kick out Austin Cindric? So, so if we get more than 16 winners, it's based on uh, points. So obviously whoever has one win, the lowest 
uh, driver in points with one win is out of is outside looking in. Wow. So I think right now right. it's Cindric. I could be wrong. Well, I, I said from the beginning, I said from the 500 when he won it, when he was there, I, I looked at Teresa and said he's going to be the first driver out of the chase. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's knocked out before we even get there. Monday's headlines today for me. Monday morning, boring. Hmm. All right. It so is Richmond after I say, all. I say... Trucks gives us the shocking surprise while the Cup Series gives us the snoozer on Sunday sleep-in day. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm glad I got somebody to agree with me. We're looking for now, a snooze like I said, it, it is Richmond, so, yeah, it can be a snooze fest. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the last time. Maybe Dale Jr. and Kyle Busch, maybe that was the last time Richmond was exciting. I, I mean, somebody tell me. Give me another. Give me another example other than that one. I don't have one. Exactly. All right, race fans. Well, we thank you for listening to the show. Man, it was awesome having our production manager, Miss Lee, join us today. Uh, Taz Taylor was a little bit late, but we brought her in on the show and kept her here. Uh, we want to thank you for dedicating your time uh, and being a big uh, supporter of this show and all. And, and just we love you with all our heart, and we know that you're going through some things and. And hopefully every Tuesday night this can be that uh, that little getaway from from uh, I know it is for me and I think it is for the rest of us it, it's it's almost therapeutic uh, but uh, I do uh, want to thank you guys Craig and Taz for y'all's dedication and uh, we'll miss you next week Craig uh, but uh, I think we got a good fill in for you so uh, Miss Lee hopefully you'll join us again next week and uh, Craig takes I will. Uh, the weekend off I will be and, listening uh, I will be listening in the car on my way out but. Uh, I will right. be driving probably through Orlando at about showtime. So, Craig, Craig will not have to worry about me talking over him next week because he's not going to be on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. So, thank you all listening listening along. We'll see you same bat time, same bat place Tuesday night race chat live. Have a good night. Good night. Day Robin Hood. <laughs>